reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Sports Desk on your Monday afternoon, the 27th of March. And oh, it's exciting to be back with you again. Sam N. Hennett, Adam Miller, Jerry N. and Jason. Oh no, again. He's gone blank. <laughs> I, try, I thought that, I could do it in one hit today. And we're going to work out what the last name is as the show goes on. But first we've got a sports <laughs> desk. Monday afternoon a breakdown. We've got some news headlines to break down. Round two. Uh, what else have we got in line? We've got some cricket Sheffield Shield results. And we got uh, really exciting... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the word, Adam. What's it niche sports. Be? Niche sports. Niche sports. Miscellaneous. I think that's going to be the official title, by the way. Just simply miscellaneous. Love it. Socceroos are in town today. They're at the Fed Square taking oh, some photos. Ooh, of course, nice. they play the game tomorrow night at Marvel Stadium. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. But we'll get straight into the news off the top. Um, and <laughs> Australia's... Uh, snowboarders have finished the World Cup season on a high with Valentino Gaselli clinching the overall title as the top men's park and pipe snowboarder overall. Gaselli's uh, fellow Australian Olympian J- Josie Baff also capped a brilliant season, taking victory in the last women's snowball cross event uh, for a place on the podium in the overall World Cup standings at 17. Gaselli has al- already made history as the first <laughs> snowboarder uh, to make a World Cup podium in three disciplines, big air, slope style, and half pipe. So Not half bad, It's actually quite incredible the amount of snowboarding, snowboarding and skiing talent, especially in the freestyle disciplines that we've had across the year. When you can't think about Australia, obviously you think the beach, yeah, the grass. You never kind of think, you never think of the snow. And unique circumstances <laughs> sport, yeah, as to what bizarre. it takes to train for those specific events in oh, Australia. Exactly. Too. Just kind of the commitments can't actually stay up like around below because the Oscars, fair, like, fair play to guys, especially 17. That is insane. Like you're taking down fully grown men and you're not even out of high school yet. Like that's what Jerry does on the athletics track. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got the forgot we got the professional athlete within our ranks here. Uh, well, we actually have a he, professional athlete as a week by week correspondent well, here. We need to ex- oh. we need to exploit. Put some respect on need put some respect on your name, Jerry. <laughs> when <laughs> he does that during the snow, I'll I'll <laughs> take it on more than. <laughs> oh, I haven't been to the snow ever. <laughs> Never ever. No, that's got to be done at some point. Or oh, maybe this year. Maybe this year. It's on the record now. Ask him for some more funding and then we might be able to do something. <laughs> also in yes. the news, um, the AFL have uh, announced that they've broken records again. So the first Jeez. two rounds uh, have been the most attended uh, in history. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. I think um, mm. finally everyone's out and about. I feel like a lot of people who were a bit hesitant to go out in the last two years mm. just coming out of COVID and stuff. Uh, and, of course, everyone was deprived of sport and that, um, and I think finally everyone's back out. And uh, the, the footy's just great. It's mm. really great at the moment. Um, so uh, I don't see I, – I think it's massive. It's absolutely massive, and it's good to see. So Especially in the um, – well, I'll throw an interesting stat where I think Sydney got about 34K to their game and uh, Brizzy got 30K for the game against Melbourne. And considering, obviously, when you think Queensland, you think New South Wales, you obviously think Rugby League and Rugby Union. So it's kind of – AFL certainly has made inroads over the past uh, decade into kind of the heartland of rugby. So it's yeah, really well, cool to see. Especially since that was the same night as the uh, inaug- inaugural um, derby between the two, well, the yeah, two Dolphin, Brisbane Dolphins and Broncos. Yep. So I think they got 50,000 there um, um, see, and 30,000. Well, that 30, strikes 000. me as healthy sport in general. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I think that's, yeah. that's really good. 
Um, although I don't think they got a uh, power outage at the NRL. Maybe there's a oh, bit of foul funny. play going on. <laughs> I was about to say, who saw Brisbane-Melbourne after a little while? Like, eventually the lights just went out. Oh, well, that was a terrible joke. Wasn't worth committing to it. Next headline, Sam. Oh. <laughs> um, no. In some not-so-positive news for... Uh, the AFL, Western Bulldogs forward Jamara Ugelhagen has allegedly been the target of harmful and apparent uh, racist remarks from a St Kilda fan in a case that has sparked an AFL investigation. The incident occurred during the Saints' 51-point win over the Bulldogs at Marvel on Saturday. No, both clubs are working with the AFL to identify the people involved uh, and have condemned the racist remarks. So, yeah, it's it's sad. I, I hate that it's a repeat event and then we're having to bring this up every exactly. every year. It just should not be a thing. And, um, mm. well, it makes me think life by bans and stuff shouldn't be out of the question for so. some of these things because... Being, being a fan doesn't give you permission to say or do anything to the players. You're yeah. there, you're there watching the sport, you're playing your own money, you're giving up your own time to watch the team that you apparently love. And if you don't do that to have a go at a kid, the kid is still finding his feet in the game for such a trivial thing. Like, we all love the footy, but at the end of the day, whether St Kilda, win, Kilda wins or the Bulldogs win, the world won't change. So for them to do, for them to, for apparently what they've said, that's just horrendous and just kind of shows how important um, education is in the community. Because it does seem like every time that we kind of see about these cases is copy and paste their articles. Mm. It's player tells, player tells team, team tells AFL, both, team, both teams released a statement saying we condemn the actions of, of that individual or group and we'll work with the AFL to reach a conclusion. A, AFL originally saying we send our support to, in this case, Oogle Hayden, his family, and the, the Western Bulldogs family, and we'll work hard. Player get, um, person gets a punishment that's not even that usually full on. I mean, we've seen like the Adam Good saga, what happened to, what's happened to Harry, Harry O'Brien, what even happened back in the day with um, Skinner from Gold Coast Suns? Like, that's a big thing. That was like 2011. I remember that from my childhood. It just seems like history keeps repeating. It's like, you need to make it, it sounds a bit rude, but you need to make an example of him. You need to kind of make people scared to be racist. Well, it's it just shouldn't be a thing. It should be a nice yeah. environment for people to go and have fun. Um, yeah. Especially with the clowns who were fighting at the MCG on Saturday. Oh, no. that's, that's another case. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, not, not after the really exciting crowd. <laughs> yeah. It's been a bit of a... It does kind of, um, yeah, it does kind of show how lucky we are with the footy, though, that opposition fans can, as a whole, kind of sit next to each other and there will never be any real biffo. Mm. Even like being a Geelong supporter, kind of growing up, kind of going to Easter Monday clashes, it is fiery and you get very emotional. <laughs> but you know you know, I can be sitting next to the Hawthorne cheer squad and I'm not going to get my head, head caved in. So kind of the show, we are really fortunate with the environment that we have in Australia when it comes to sports that it is mostly, most of the time, a family-friendly friendly, um, sector that we can all enjoy our weekends in. Yep, definitely. Um, and we'll move on swiftly to, uh, of course, the NBA and cricket up next. We'll talk in depth about that. We'll break down round two of the AFL. Um, we're just going to be flying through it all. Not only that, I'm going to quote a Slipknot lyric. I will remember before, <laughs> I, will remember before I forget. F1 Grand Prix is this yes, weekend. Got to preview that, Sam. Friday. Yes, it's Sometimes. massive. It is a massive weekend in Melbourne coming up. What so. a choice for the listeners too. <laughs> Sports Desk and the Grand Prix at the same time. Crazy. They'll have maybe. to. Maybe some of the drivers will have to turn up their radios exactly in, right, in the cars because they're going to hear brilliant songs like this. <laughs> this is Chase the Sun by Planet Funk on the Sports Desk on your Monday afternoon. Wow. 
Chase the Sun, Planet Funk on the sports desk on your Monday afternoon. And uh, time now to talk Sheffield Shield crickets. <laughs> go on, Adam, go. Uh, yeah, so the summer of cricket has officially concluded uh, over the weekend uh, with the Sheffield Shield match that we were chatting about on Monday and Friday. And it was the Western Australian Warriors who had a dominant victory in the end against the uh, against my boys, the uh, Big Bush Rangers, with a nine-wicket win. It was uh, the Vicks 195 all out, 210 all out, played against the uh, 315 all out, and 93 for one for the loss of one wicket uh, for the Warriors boys. And with that win, it gives them the unprecedented uh, double triple, in which they have won all three um, Australian domestic competitions, which is the uh, One Day Cup, the Sheffield Shield, and the uh, Big Bash. Two years in a row, so a complete domination by the uh, Perth Bay Southfit on their home deck at the Wacker. And um, yeah, it was just a dominating performance from the start. Um, they completely tore through the uh, big, the big opening lineup with uh, with Ashley Chandrasinghe providing the only real resistance with an amazing 43, 46 runs. Get this off, 280 balls. So that uh, my, the math doesn't check out, but it's something over forty. I think about sixteen four, strike rate. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, sixteen. So for every hundred balls, he scores sixteen runs, and I think that's over over 45, 45 overs faced on his own. Forty five overs worth of balls. So there's a bit of kind of like debate. There was a big debate during about that whether it was um playing down whether it was negative batting, given that he was giving the other people so much. He was kind of wasn't rotating the strike and kind of straining the other person at the end. But in the in it's also the case of that no no other batsman was kind of hanging around like the next best batter for the Vicks um that in that innings was uh Matt was uh Matt Short who was coming up a dominating big bash season with the Strikers with thirty six of sixty so I think the kid I mean again he's only like my age only twenty and he did his job so I think there's a bit of debate whether around he should be streaming faster but I think it's kind of there's always like um does the situation what do you need in the situation it's always if it's faster maybe. But yeah, um, Lance um, Lance Morris was recently with the Test squad. Uh, took th- three for fifty three in the first innings, and Aaron Hardy took two for twenty nine to roll the Vicks one ninety five. In response, the um, in uh, pardon me. In the response, the uh, Warriors got were three hundred fifteen all out in the first innings. That actually that had a bit of mid innings collapse. I think they lost about three for ten. But then um, Ashton Turner, who's actually shaping up to be announced as the T uh, twenty uh, captain for the uh, Aussie side soon, which I hope he really does. Uh, completely steadied the ship with a pretty amazing 120 out of 227 balls. And Aaron Hardy also backed him up with a 45 of 86. In response to uh, Will Sutherland, who I've been praising the last couple of weeks, um, once again stood up for the visitors with five wickets for 75 runs. Not bad. And also Matt Short, two. I don't know why they didn't bowl him more, more, but he took it too far. Uh, two, three runs for two wickets or three overs. Not bad. Uh, Big came into that about 120 runs behind, looking about looking up a mountain to uh, potentially pull off the most unlikely of uh, wins. They didn't, honestly, it was kind of doomed from the start. They lost, I think they were about two for 20 um, when I was watching. And um, they never really recovered with only Will Sutherland again having a one ball 80, 83. And uh, Peter Hanscom with 52 or 67 to give the Vicks a slight hope heading into the last innings. They were 210 all out. Matt, uh, Paceman, uh, Matt Kelly and Joel Paris were the uh, dominant wicket takers with a four for 41 for Kelly. And a three fifty five for Paris, and that left uh, all that left a uh, target of ninety two for the uh, Vixer defend against uh, the dominant WA effort. And <laughs> despite uh, despite the early wicket of uh, of uh, Sam Whiteman off the third ball of the uh, innings, um, the WA pairing of uh, Cam Bancroft and Tegan Wiley, who is an absolute freak and will be a gun, 
once he grows older. Um, never looked phased, honestly, throughout the innings. Um, 90, 93 for the loss of one wicket, as I said, to give the give the Warriors a dominant victory and to, and to once again wrap up another title in which it's just been, it's been the summer of uh, Perth. WA proving that they are the irresistible force with no immovable object in sight to stop them. Oh, exactly. But uh, it's been interesting. This match, um, you definitely saw some people who've done being contention for the Ashes mm. potentially or to get on the uh, flight, get on the uh, the Qantas flight to uh, London for whether it be the test against India or just kind of the, obviously the Ashes, which we all we all love. I think especially Cam Bancroft has certainly put his hand up for another for another going to team. Like I think he was the player of the um, player of the season. So there's definitely a lot to go off there. Some um, very interesting times, to say the least. Yeah, and just to add, he's averaging 59.06. Yeah. The next best <laughs> Not batsman bad. is 300 runs behind. Um, and he's made 945 runs this season. So if he doesn't get selected for the Ashes, because obviously like with Warner and Ojama up at the top of the order, exactly. I reckon, mm. yeah, he could be a shot. So what was that, 955 runs you were saying? Yeah, 945. 45 yeah. off 11 games. You do the average. That's nearly an average of kind of low 90s, high 80s. I mean, I know kind of outweighed by certain things, but yeah. that's um, that's a that's a representative um, average. That's kind of an average to get an ascension. I know Bancroft's kind of got blacklisted after that whole sandpaper. sandpaper. Yeah, yeah, sandpaper gate chaos in Adelaide. But I think you've got to give him another chance, especially when Warner hasn't proven himself. He's only 30. He's got, what, six Time. good years. If, I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing about Australia is that they don't um the cricketers do have longevity. You think about a lot of our especially our pace men, they usually do play to like your mid thirties, even like late thirties yeah. at some stages. So I think he definitely deserves a um deserves another shot, in my opinion. But were there any other standout um standout options uh, throughout the season New York and might be getting a face might be getting um a bit of time in the sun to potentially prove no, themselves? Well quick smokey would be um Joel Paris. He's oh. thirty years old as well, um left arm in swinging bowler. And he's averaged 17 this season, so hopefully he gets um, a spot in the Ashes, maybe replacing Stark. I don't know, but that's a big call. We'll have to see. I don't know. It'd be going to be very interesting, especially Hazelwood wants to keep up his body. But um, fascinating summer of cricket ended up with the same result of everything, unfortunately. But it'd be very interesting what the next um, week or two will look like in terms of what George Bailey and his selectors um, decide to pick. All right. Time for the court with basketball. Wow. I always forget about those uh, squeaky uh, sneakers on the court. <laughs> is it, is it oh, one of the, oh, apart from tennis um, and squash, maybe that's the, <laughs> the two or three sports that make squeaky um, yeah, don't, uh, don't, sneaker noises. Well, the squeakiest wheel makes the biggest deal, and Jerry's going to lead us through the NBA. What do you got for us? Well, especially when you're going for crossover. But we've had about um, eight games today. So first of all, the Hornets defeated the Mavs 110 to 104. The Bulls defeating Lakers 118 to 108 with Zach flag, Levine flag, Adam's, too. Adams very happy. Yeah, flag bulls all the way. <laughs> um, Celtics um, beat the Spurs quite comfortably, 137 to 93. Jalen Brown is coming in form, heading to playoffs, 41. Um, Raptors defeating Wizards by 10. The Cavs defeating the Rockets 108 to 91 with Jared Allen dropping a double double, 24 points and 14 rebounds. The Magic defeating the Nets 119 to 106. Mm. And Ja Morant in his second game back, I believe, dropping 27 in the Grizzlies' win against the Hawks. OKC defeating the Blazers 118 to 112. <laughs> Our boy Josh Giddy, another double oh, double. He's on fire. 17 points, 11 rebounds. And to round off today's games, Timberwolves defeating the Warriors 99 to 96. Um, 
and playoffs are heading up. The Philadelphia 76ers, you know, who I go for, I don't think are going to clinch that top spot now with a loss to the Suns yesterday by uh, 20. So it was... Leaves them four games behind the uh, Bucks. Yeah. So it'd be very interesting. But about the Jar thing, I've been loving the memes after what kind of the, his, what caused his suspension. I've been loving the memes that have been coming out of it. Have you ever seen, um, have you watched 8 Mile? Like Eminem? Seen bits and pieces of it. Yeah, well, essentially the uh, story of Eminem is that in the last rapper, in the last kind of like rap where he kind of proves himself that he's kind of, he is the man, he comes up to the, against this guy called Clarence. And Clarence is like very private school educated. He comes from a good family. He's not from the hood, not from the gangsters. And so essentially, and he kind of tears into Clarence by basically saying, you're not who you think you are. You just want to be gangster. And I've just been seeing all these memes coming around. Um, everybody um, nicknaming Jamaran Clarence because he's trying to be this gangster when he's not. Mm. And he's trying to, even though he lives in the mansion, all those things, he's just trying to go back to the hood. I've been loving some of those things to come out. But I think that's an interesting situation because he's been dropped by some of his uh, sponsors recently. So I think it's definitely uh, on the tightrope there. But if he gets his name on the court, I reckon the Grizzlies will be half a chance to be a real smoky to take it out. Cool. What's some interesting games to look forward to this week, Jerry? Well, we got a few here. Um, so on Wednesday, we got the 76ers against the Mavericks. Uh, that's at 10.30 a.m. So the Mavs are sitting in about fifth position in the West and 76ers are third in the East. So with Luke and Kyrie and obviously Joel for the Sixers and Harden, it'll be interesting game. And also on Tuesday... The Magic and Grizzlies, we spoke about Jar Morant just before, but mm. that'll be a good game because the Magic are, you know, sitting in that kind of play-in position at mm. the moment. So it's kind of borderline, someone yeah. who's in form, so it's kind of hard to tell where that, that'll go. Yeah, I think the battle for the uh, play-in position is definitely um, heating up because um, at the moment, um, especially in the Eastern Conference, you've got the Hawks, Raptors, Bulls, um, who are all within a game of each other. And that could definitely decide, um, especially the way to play, and that could definitely decide if you get the double chance or if you kind of if you're one and gone. But I think with the Bulls, um, magnificent win shall I say against the uh, against the Lakers today, they've now got a three game difference between them and the Pacers. And in the uh, West, it's now it's um all to play for between the um. All the Mavs are in that mm, little playoff. Exactly, honestly, even with the Suns, like the West is ridiculously tight at the moment. Between um between the Suns who are in fourth and the uh, Jazz who are in twelfth, there is a there is a four-game difference, so it's quite, change. It, it's yeah. quite incredible. We kind of think the Suns are being kind of completely dominant the season, and they're kind of set up, but they're not too far. They're a loss or two from getting themselves into potentially a bit a spot of difficulty. So, be very interesting, especially looking at the West. How this kind of how by the end of the season and the, the end of the regular season, a couple of weeks, how it's all going to shape up because it's all to play for. I've never seen a season which is this tight, especially around the mid table. I think watch your space next week. There'll be some big changes in the West. Oh, exactly. It's going to be very interesting to look into. Looking forward to that. Uh, as we move on, AFL up next, all on the sports desk on your Monday afternoon on Sim. New goal, Tame Parlor and the Gorillas on the sports desk on your Monday afternoon. And it's time to look back at round two. So I know we have spoke about it briefly on Friday, but it started off on Thursday night and it was Carlton uh, by eight points uh, at the G. So then we'll move on to Friday pretty swiftly. And uh, interesting game up at the Gabba. Um, it was Brisbane by 11 points. But if you had oh. been watching the game halfway through, you might have wondered, um, well, it looked pretty much done. Um, 14-9-93 to 13-4-82. It was the lightning, um, de- it was the lightning delay reincarnate. 
No, my favourite comment to come out of it was uh, the power of beating Brisbane two weeks in a row. <laughs> and that's 100% accurate, by the way. Uh, oh, I wanted the world to burn so much by having Melbourne come back and win that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I wanted well, that so much. It, it shows a lot about mind games and how much it is mm. in your head because you, you could see that they had switched off. As soon as that whole debacle happened... Um, which was such a strange thing to happen. It made for entertaining television. Um, uh, um, yeah. He's well, lost for words, everybody. Well, I, th- I think I've had a power outage. <laughs> <laughs> no, way, Brisbane get away with the win. It was 11 points and they were dominant and they were going to be on their way to a 55-point win. Yeah, the, the, Melbourne have got quarter. some percentage back, which is is good for mm. them. But uh, it just shows you how powerful mm. uh, yep. mindset in game is. And uh, I think uh, Fagan will be lucky. I think he was looking he to pull the plug fuming. himself. He was not happy. Um, but strange um, bit of events. And uh, we know the Gabba, I mean, it's been spoken about a lot this week, but the Gabba is about to be knocked down anyway. So the, mm. they had still had the old light bulbs um, instead of LEDs, which is why oh. there was a fire in in one of them. So um, mm. very, very weird. Hope we don't have to see that again. It was it, very bizarre. But like I said, it was the lightning delay reincarnate yeah. to a certain extent. Melbourne were on the opposite. Melbourne were in Brisbane's shoes back in 2021 when there was lightning in the area in a game against West Coast at Optus and play was delayed for 35 um. minutes. And Melbourne were comfortably ahead. Uh, yeah, Melbourne were comfortably ahead and West Coast came within about two goals once mm. play resumed. So yeah. it supports Sam's point perfectly. Once you cannot, you can't be content at mm. any point during the game and it just shows how much uh, a delay can affect the momentum mm. of a game. Also, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, just some news about uh, Maxi Gorn's um, injury that he picked up. I think it has been confirmed that it's not an ACL. I think yes. it's, a, it's a medial crucial ligament and I think that's going to keep him it's out. MCL. Yeah, yep. MCL. So I think that's keeping him out 8 to 10, they're thinking, but it could be might borderline. be a little bit less than that. Or longer, well. give or take. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right there you go. That's, That's the it. vaguest yeah. update of all time, isn't it, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, you don't. Oh, it was sad. Um, I'd, I'd seen the. I didn't see the first half, but I remember looking up as after dinner. I saw <laughs> they oh, showed yeah. the shot of him, yeah. and yeah. he looked so defeated. Like it was so sad. Not generally. <laughs> Injuries are not good, and especially a big, scary one like that. So, and especially with so much hype of the Gorn and Grundy duo, yeah. it was it was a disappointment to see that that won't happen. But the Dacos brothers, on the other hand, Ooh. Collingwood v Port Adelaide. Before we get to that, I just wanted to go through uh, Danaher four goals, two from him, uh, massive. Ben Brown four straights. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Fritch three goals, one. Zorko two, and a, a few of the leading disposals from that. Uh, Oliver with thirty-seven. Uh, Ashcroft thirty-one. He only really 31. ever came alive in that comeback. Though. Yes. Uh, Lockie Neal, 27, Angus Brayshaw. Uh, oh, sorry, Andrew. Angus. Uh, Angus. 20, oh, it was Angus. Yeah. Okay. 27, <laughs> uh, Dunkley, 26, uh, at his new home. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting. Brisbane escaped with that one. Saturday, Collingwood, 71 points. There was a power outage at the MCG, it seems, as well. Yeah. Uh, 21, <laughs> 9, 135 to 9, 10, 64. And, Said it oh. last week. Say it again. Collingwood are the team to beat. Uh, it's They're the team to beat now. They're the team to watch right now. There's nothing more satisfying than watching a Collingwood game, and mm. I can only imagine how satisfied, satisfied Collingwood supporters thing. were watching that game. Do we have the chickens on standby for this segment? <laughs> they're, um, they're a good – look, they've been playing very good footy, but I can't say <laughs> that I enjoy uh, their games. Mm. Uh, but uh, Well, neither do I, for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> I still maintain they're not going to go 11 in a row clutch, but they'll definitely easily get five or six 
Look, it's still all these, I mean, everyone, and including ourselves, we all make big calls early on, but it's the second round. I know they look really good now, but we'll have to see in five or six weeks' time where they're at because I just, I'm still not convinced. Although, I'll, I'll give it to you, the Dacos brothers. <laughs> oh, that goal from Nick. Lit the place from up. The boundary. Yeah. Just incredible. 32 disposals for Nick. Uh, Tom Mitchell, 27. Josh, his brother, 26. Uh, and still side bottom, chugging along. Yep. One goal, 24 for him. Um, three goals, one for Maya Cech, where there's, he's, he got injured. Which um, is a shame. He's one of the most reliable kicks at goal in the game. What report comes out of that, Jerry? Uh, Charlie Dixon, three goals, one, but it wasn't enough. Jamie Elliott, two goals, two. Uh, he copped a bit of a Adams, knock, and that's uh, being reviewed when, uh, from his knock. Of, it was from a dangerous tackle, I believe, in the third. I, I honestly didn't expect that from Port. I didn't. I don't know what I expected, but uh, in some demolishing. ways it's a little bit harsh because if he hadn't lifted his leg to go for the kick, it wouldn't have been as hard of an impact as it ended up being. But in fairness, it is an action that they're trying to stamp out. Jerry, do you have an update on my check? Yeah, so he's got a finger injury. Um, when he was going for Mark, that could be a fracture, but we're still waiting on news from the Collingwood side. Okay. Yep. Uh, also happened on Saturday was Richmond 108 17 6 to 10 16 76. Oh, sorry, did I say did I say that right? <laughs> 108 to 76. Adelaide. Yeah, 32 points. Adelaide um, got within one point, however. In the third quarter. They mm. certainly didn't. Have, mm. Seems like they just ran out of steam, Jerry. Yeah, they did. Young legs, just not fresh enough after that six day turnaround. Uh, massive game from Rory Laird at 39 <laughs> disposals for him. That's massive. Tim Taranto with 28. Uh, Dawson, 27. Lockie Scholl, 27. Hopper, 25 um, as well, right? Yeah. Uh, Fogarty, three goals, one. Um, Ryan, three goals. Tom Lynch, three goals. So uh, Richmond, I think, they, yeah, they just were hungry from that draw. They wanted something. Uh, Adelaide... Although I tipped out a lot. I thought I'd, there'd be some upside from him, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, yeah, jury's still out on that. That'll be a few more weeks. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Western Bulldogs St Kilda was a surprising affair that took place at Marvel. Ooh, it's looking like the end of days for Western Bulldogs already. And it's shocking. I, again, I don't understand why he's under the pump, but that was a poor performance by the Dogs. They gave me hope in the second quarter because I did tip them, <laughs> and they got within a bit. Yeah, St Kilda, they're a, they're 14, a new 8, team. 14-8-92-5-11-41. And this St Kilda team, remember, has been ridden with injuries in the preseason, and I, I gave them nothing before the season. Um, but fair credit to them. And, the, again, the new coach, the... Uh, Ross the boss. <laughs> well, the, there's something maybe. about these classic coaches returning, um, which we'll get to a little more sooner. But Can uh, someone break down how well that defensive structure worked out for St Kilda? Because all they were really doing, they were really squeezing Western Bulldogs into submission and uh, you know prying on their mistakes, weren't they, Jerry? Or yeah, Adam? they were forcing them to play back, give a yeah. handball back. and Very pressed. Yeah. But yeah, my um, hot take of Saints making top six is uh, looking a little bit nice at the moment. Second on the ladder. Although that kind of game style, which I found with Carlton playing that pressive game, it is very endurance-based. And, um, well, sometimes it can come back to haunt you in a couple of weeks when the team's burnt out and extra injuries and things. So we'll watch this space on, on that kind of um, yeah. ga- game style. 
Um, so I think Jerry should lead in this next one, by oh, the way. Oh, speaking yeah. of injuries, Jack Steele's gone for five oh. weeks with a collarbone. Now, oh. If that anyone too, has yes. not seen the scan, have a look on your phone right now. It's a bit the, squeamish. This, oh, I broke my collarbone, but not like that. That was... How did you do yours? <laughs> oh, it's a long story, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> podcast exclusive coming to... And you played po- the game Anywhere now. you get your podcast. So, so it's another injury for Saints. So, so unfortunately... The, and that's the, their captain. Yeah. Mm, so how many, they've got him out, they've got Billings out, and I think they've got one or two Max other. King out. So Max King's out. Straight into surgery for him, Jerry? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Well, it didn't look too good on the scans. So. Yeah, pa- I don't think Panadol will be fixing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Panadol will be relieving the anxiety that took okay, place Jerry. for North fans yes. at yes, Optus mate. Stadium. Yes. Here we go. One singular point. I was hoping the world would burn <laughs> when Melbourne took over uh, the final 12 minutes of the Gabba. And then I saw North had been leading all night. And then in the final four minutes, the Lee Matthews trope reared its ugly head. If you're a goal a minute down, you can do this. And how close did it get, Jerry? Or oh, how was the heart rate? Oh, it was at 190 just like next week. Almost <laughs> max heart rate. It wasn't good at all. Um, what I can say was LDU, he kicked that goal with six minutes ago and were 20 points up. And then a few minutes later, he got uh, run down holding the ball. Jago Amira, the former number one pick at the Gold Coast Suns, um, now at Freo, kicked two, um, two goals in two minutes. Then uh, Cox from Frio kicked another one, and then it was one point. So credit goes to Shizu again. Second game, mm. 30 touches. Um, the goalkeeper, <laughs> we got the soccer who's playing tomorrow. He, yeah. he, saved, he saved us. <laughs> it was great. Because oh, uh, it was funny. I was watching the last couple of minutes on the tram uh, with my uh, good mate who is north crazy. And <laughs> he forgot that it was the one-point difference. So he's going, rush behind, rush behind. I was like, no, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> they nearly got it too. And I've got to say this. Alistair Clarkson's like Brock Lesnar in a way. Alistair Clarkson at Hawthorne is the beast in kind yeah. of the intimidating force that casts a shadow across everything. Alistair Clarkson at North is kind of like the Brock Lesnar we're seeing now. He's kind of like happy-go-lucky cowboy Brock, <laughs> where, he do, where he doesn't give a flying hooby-doo of what goes on because as soon as he flicks his switch, he's going to put you to the sword. I, re- I reckon he, he's, he's generally really enjoying being back, and yeah. I think this is bringing him back to his early time, you know, mm. in the early days of Hawthorne, I think, with the young players building them up. And, so it's oh, just nice to see. And somehow happy-go-lucky Clarko having a laugh is more intimidating <laughs> than three-to-peat premiership coach at Hawthorne. So the entire Western Australia has been dominated by the Russo throwing game one and two. We never would have predicted. Dominated an entire state. Never would have predicted two and zero for the Roos, but it needs a bit of this. Oh no! He can't do it. Oh, he's got it. No, we need an acoustic performance. I feel like Arden Street has defeated Western Australia, but Arden Street has also defeated this very studio and technology in itself. Now, Jerry, Jerry, we need a bit of a solo performance of the Kangaroo theme song. I want a turn. You should have heard the voice message. Oh, you're going to stitch me up with what I said on Twitter. For the listeners at home, by the way, you should have heard the voice message of Jerry left us when they won. He went, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, oh. it, lap, lap it up now. Sydney <laughs> Hawthorne was good. a completely different story, though, Sam. Uh, yeah, ooh, another yeah. bad week yeah. uh, for Hawthorne. I do oh. worry for them. Uh, probably yeah. can. 
The Hawks got them in for the, the spoon already. The future's bright for the footy community, isn't it? 17-16, ah. 118 to 4-13-37. So another, another massive win for the Swans. Um, so just not looking good for... It's yeah. going to be a long couple of years for Hawks. I think they can safely yeah. say that. How about, how about Easter Monday? It's only go from like about five years ago when like top of the table clash. It could be uh, oh, seven, yes. It could be 17th versus 18th between us and the uh, Hawks. So the Royal Mean would have had that much... Uh, Energy and passion per se, so it'll be very interesting in a week or two. I five. still think they'll turn out for the rivalry factor. Oh, they always yeah. do. Is five, it biggest game of the year. Five goals, one for McDonald. Uh, a Marty, four goals, two for him. Tom Papley, two goals, three. So it was just just party time for the Swans at the SCG. Uh, interesting who they may play in round three. Melbourne, okay, because sometimes I think you can mm. go into a false sense of uh, security with two big wins against a probably lower grade opposition uh, into a big game. So we look out to, Sam's for that. Sam saying this week. that's staring directly at me, knowing what's next. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, just go for it. I'm like, fire away. <laughs> I, He's lost the power. <laughs> I. Uh, Essen and winning, and they're two two and zero as well. What I, is going on with the AFL at the moment? I Stuff have tried down. to be as complimentary as possible to Carlton to let Sam know I'm not going to go insane over this. In fact, just put, putting this out there, Jordan Ridley had the best game of his career against Hawthorne this this week. Hardly sighted him, turned it up, turned it over all the time. Dyson Heppel subbed out first time and he was completely shocked. Harry Jones, the old saying goes is if you can't play like a footballer, at least look like one. He didn't even look like a footballer out there, but still somehow 26 points over the Gold Coast. There's still a lot of upside to them, though. Matt Rao was dominant. 28. 28 points it was. Matt Rao was still very exciting to watch. He, he was crumbling through uh, the Essendon midfield at points. And who was that? Levi Kasbog got off to a good start. Mm. Who was that other one? Audacious, Norcus, what's his name again? Lucatius. Lucatius. He was Lucatius was a very threatening player. He's got a lot of upside. There's still upside to the Gold Coast, but uh, I will bet. Love to see Kyle Langford kicking five. That was great. Five goals. Massive. Fantastic, especially with Wiedemann out late, right with his collarbone. Uh, to have lack of and tipping Woody out with a uh, with an injury, I think it was his quad. Was it was it his mm. quad or was it his calf? I can't remember what it was. Uh, still happy win, happy but, with the happy with the win, but I still think there is a lot of flaws in the performance there. It's refreshing to see. <laughs> I, I know I'm the first person on the sports desk history to have a team win and still complain about the performance <laughs> because it's refreshing to see some good uh, some good defence. Redmond should, I hope, wins best and fairest, by the way. He's travelling. Mm. Uh, Jake Kelly's performing significantly better, but he's, like Laverde's still outmatched. Mm. Uh, it was great to see, or, uh, uh, this is probably gloating, Setterfield playing well. That was terrific. Dylan Shield playing well. Terri- it was great to see Dylan Shield finally delivering mm. what he was delivering when he first joined the Bombers in 2019. That's enough from me. Sam's getting sad. Let's get to the final one. West no. Coast v GWS. <laughs> but before we do, is there any final comments? No, with that, no, props to Will Setterfield. Um, it was going to be hard to fit into the Blues midfield, um, so they had to let him go. Uh, and he's doing well. Yep. Looks looks good, fresh, good pickup for Genuinely, you. Genuinely, Langford, Setterfield and Shield, you're probably your best and three on the ground that day th- for the Bombers. To be honest, I thought the Suns were looking like they were going to take that game away, and then upside. they just fell away, fell away. As soon as the last quarter started, they were not really in sight. Yeah, which um, should not be an indictment on their performance. There was still a positive takeaway. I still think, to those people who say that they could make the eight, still entirely possible. 
Uh, West Coast, uh, massive win for them. Um, it was looking terrible. Um, I know <laughs> he's got the rubber chicken at him already. The... For myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. This I is think... the man who said they'd go winless. Yeah. winless. I'll, yeah. I'll admit wow. that I was full of... <laughs> there you go. Uh, Waterman, four goals to Toby Green, four goals. Like Even in a losing performance of Giants, he's looking really, really good. Um Oscar uh, Allen looked excited from what I was watching there. That was a fun performance from him too. Yep, two goals, two for him. Uh, three goals, two for Jamie Cripps. That goal from the boundary was good. Yep. Yeah. Tim Kelly, uh, 32. Coniglio had 28 during the game. Uh, Jermaine Jones, 27. Uh, so, look, it's not so bad for the West Coast as we great. might uh, thought. So no, Great. I think um, in about 10 years, probably five, 10 years' time, it'll be one of the great what-ifs. Or like, how did about how did GWS not win a flag? Because they, yeah, it's so amazing. They've gone from just about probably the best side in the competition, or kind of best potential side of the competition, like three, four years ago, to now being just bang average. Wow, you that's um, I'm getting the chicken around. It's round two. <laughs> they it's don't round, look, it's round two, but the, I, I don't think the Giants seem bad at all. They're still no. mid table, but look, it's early. I think on. you kind of just think you expect so much more from them. Or like we've expected so much more from them from the past. I love you go straight into that <laughs> after you just bagged the hell out of West Coast last week. All right, let's deflect onto the Giants. Exactly. <laughs> I, know, I know how to get. I know how to get the reaction from the audience and the panelists. Okay. That's for sure. Uh, and we're going to preview round three now, just as we get into it, because it's a Thursday game and uh, looks pretty <laughs> horrible if you're a uh, Bulldogs fan. They might be uh, going the ladder after 7:20 on Thursday night. Uh, Western Bulldogs take on the Brisbane Lions. And uh, I'd look. I'd Where we've seen a very topsy turvy start from both. Well, actually, no, you started at the bottom and stayed at the bottom for the for the Bulldogs. But uh, Brisbane, topsy turvy. Mm. Yeah, and I look. I think. Um, I mean, it's still early on, uh, but uh, I, I feel like the Bulldogs will have to sort of spark back in in some sort of fashion um, because if they put any more performances like they have in the first mm. two games, it's. Not looking good for them at all, and I think Brisbane will learn to live that that slight scare, and they won't have anything like that happen again. And uh, mm. I think we—I don't know what it was last year, but there was a a few spark of games that Brisbane needed, and then they just mm. after that they were just fully fledged. Mm. Um, so read out the game again. Is it Marvel or MCG? It's Marvel. Marvel. Uh, so Jerry Brisbane, reckon tip? Yeah, I think yeah, Brisbane should. Oh, just a quick update for uh, those who are interested in our little um, panel wide. Um, uh, tipping no. contest. Uh, me and Jerry. This isn't an accurate representation of our tips. No, by it the is way. not. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I got three myself this week. But uh, currently, yeah, even better. Uh, so <laughs> up top, we've got the uh, main man, Jerry. Uh, like the Kangas, he's flying <laughs> at the moment. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, Twelve tips from total two rounds. I am equal second, but I use my joke, which kind of like a double points round. Uh, we've got Ello Grady in third, who's got uh, eleven. How Sports about Sportsesque alumni Liam O'Grady? Ah, uh, there we go. How about those Chiefs? I think might be another alumni um, Michael in uh, fourth with nine. Uh, our producer Sam with uh, nine as well, so tied for fourth. And JPSC, which I'm pretty sure is uh, you, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, <laughs> bringing up the um, taking inspiration from the Hawks and bringing up the table at the moment in it's not uh, an bottom accurate, table. In not eighth. an accurate representation of my tips, by the way. I think I flip flopped like a fish last week because I <laughs> forgot that I tipped Richmond and I tipped West Coast oh. on air. To oh, win, but you and didn't then tip I it. and then I look on it and it says GWS, and I go, "No, uh, I didn't do that." Oh wow, <laughs> what? Huh? Uh, okay, so, so don't this take game. What I say on for Thursday? What are we going Brisbane. with? Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. Card subject to change, but Brisbane. okay. 
All right, well, they're exciting uh, round three ahead uh, that we'll definitely get more into on Friday, but just love the footy being back round two. You're really and, up and uh, about it. It's like, it's like it never went away. <laughs> it, it really is <laughs> Christmas isn't. every week for Sam. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about the football. The Socceroos are in Melbourne tomorrow night. Marvel Stadium get down against Ecuador. Uh, the F1 is in Melbourne this weekend, and, of course, all our miscellaneous sports to catch up with. Shout out Hugh Barter, who will be yep. in, the, I think, Formula 2 or Formula 3. He was on in pit lane last week, and he's got a lot of upside. So, good luck so, to him this weekend. Just cool. some breaking news for the Tigers ahead of the clash with uh, Richmond. Uh, Jane Short's out with the calf complaint. Jacob Hopper, it, Jane Short. Uh, Jacob Hopper is doubtful to play. And uh, Dusty's also questionable. So, just a bit of a. Uh, we'll we'll save that the for Friday. <laughs> There's a, oh, yeah. uh, you get this for free. It's still Collingwood, my tip. Uh, <laughs> it's all coming up next on the Sports Desk in your Monday afternoon. The Jungle Giants on the sports desk on your Monday afternoon. And, uh, of course, now round ball game. Now we've had the international break, um, but uh, we were excited and treated to see a game on Friday night uh, from the national team, the Socceroos, and we defeated Ecuador 3-1 in Sydney. Uh, goal from Jackson Irvine, Awa Mabil and Grand Kual. They are here tomorrow night uh, at Marvel Stadium. It's going to be exciting for the second game against Ecuador. Um, I know you watched some of the highlights, Jerry. How did you see the Aussies' performance? They played really well in the first half. And in the second half, it was a bit tighter. But I think overall, we could get him tomorrow as well. So we had 10 shots to 12 against Ecuador. They dominated possession, but, you know... Our youngsters off the wing, um, Cuyo and Mabil, just tore it up against them. What are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, no, definitely exciting to see. Uh, I know they'll be a bit hungry, even <laughs> um, even though these are friendlies. I, th- I still feel like when you've when you've got two games against the same opposition, they don't lose mm. the first one. Definitely going to be more hungry for the second one, and hopefully we'll see a bit more of. Um, because uh, I know Mitch Duke started, so maybe we might see Jason Cummings start here oh, in Melbourne. Okay. I know. Um, um, our coach, Super, what's his name? <laughs> Graham Arnold. Graham Arnold. Yeah. I was about to call him Andrew, and I was like, no, that's no, been no, a long no. time. Uh, Super Graham Arnold uh, will bring on probably will start Jason Cummings because we didn't get to see him, um, and just to see some of the exciting players back in Australia. They don't normally get to see big Harry Suter. Oh, the um, Leicester man. Yeah, the Leicester Hopefully man. Get to see him. <laughs> um, I, and I saw him walk. By. There was a photo. Uh, I, th- I think it was him and... One um, of the shorter blokes in the team. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, was it from Melbourne City? Uh, I'm not sure if it was him or not. But, uh, yeah, it's funny the height difference. He is massive. Um, uh, and Aidan O'Neill, a couple of few uh, first caps for some players that did really well. Um, but excited for game two tomorrow night. Uh, and hopefully we go away with it. And was it looking close to sold out? Yeah, so... Mainly all the seats, level one are sold out. Level three, there's a few seats left. So if you're trying to get a glimpse of, you know, Suda and Ryan and a few other stars, you know, tonight's the night or else it might be gone by tomorrow morning. Yeah, definitely. No, exciting. It'll be loud. I can't wait for it because it's not often, not often do this national team play here mm. and everyone is supporting the same team in the stadium. It's it's. I feel like it's a rare thing here because, um, um, well, we don't see it with footy. And unless you're... Unless you're a cricket fan um, or, or going to see the Boomers or something, you don't really get to <laughs> experience that. Um, so 
exciting uh, for that. Uh, so really look forward to that for tomorrow night. Um, uh, also in friendlies around uh, the world, the European qualifiers uh, have gone on. England defeated Ukraine this morning. Uh, they uh, Harry Kane, goal from him, and Bakayo Saka. Uh, so they progress through with that. Um, also, a few games, uh, what, a few other results. Italy finally get a win, uh, 2-0 over Malta. Portugal 6-0 over Luxembourg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's painful. Another big one here, Iceland over Liechtenstein 7-0. Um, and uh, Kazakhstan, massive win for, for them with the red card, 3-2 over Denmark. That is an upset hey, if yeah. I've ever seen it. Borat would love that. Yeah, very nice. Uh, <laughs> Uh, also, oh, I applaud you, gentlemen. I applaud you. <laughs> oh, that's the bottom of the barrel stuff, that one. Yeah, straight uh, out of 06. <laughs> um, a few games still ahead to come. Uh, Montenegro play Serbia tomorrow. Netherlands um, play, oh, I don't even know how to say that, Gibra- oh, Gibraltar. <laughs> uh, I do know how to say it, apparently. Poland, Albania as well, oh, Austria, what? Estonia, Moldova and Czech Republic, Sweden, Azerbaijan, Hang- Hungary and Bulgaria. Ireland and France, interesting one. All pronounced correctly um, there. Yeah, yep. the Thierry Henry uh, derby that. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day. I don't think, I don't think the Irish have forgiven the French for that, <laughs> for them um, missing out on the qualification for the World Cup in Africa 2010. And a big one on Wednesday morning, Scotland and Spain. Ooh. The Scots who uh, they had the game against Cyprus, they won 3-0, so <laughs> interesting. Uh, so that is it for the round ball game. And then on Friday, we're back straight into the Premier League. Can't wait for it. Man City, Liverpool. Oh, can't That's wait. That's a big one. That is a big one. We will mm. get to that on Friday. Are we going to need to require another big debate on Friday? Um, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe just a celebration uh, hour for Which is good. Right? They win as it. much as the uh, international breaks are sometimes annoying, mm. positive. So we get to see Socceroos and then now we're building back up for a massive uh, week next or well, next this weekend coming. Um, now, F1. We Easy. are in Melbourne. And, of course, the F1 is here on Friday. Kicks off. Yep, from the... That is not really an F1 car. <laughs> but, oh, that's very mediocre. Okay, that's us going to the F1 and trying to find a park. <laughs> Don't worry. If you listened a couple of weeks ago, we Rocky did use a proper it. F1 sound effect. We have used it. It's just in the archives. We'll track it down for the next time we talk about motorsport. But it is this week, and... Uh, yeah. Crowds are excited, aren't they, Sam? Exactly. I think they're predicting. Um, they are predicting another crowd, uh, a record-breaking crowd attendance for the uh, fastest race on pavement. And right now, it is talking about fast. It's been all the energy drinks. Uh, back team of Red Bull Racing has been absolutely dominating the season so far. Back-to-back one-twos. They're seeing Max Verstappen take the win in Bahrain, and um, teammate Sergio Perez uh, take the victory in in uh, Saudi Arabia, and that has meant that right now they are leading the table. So it's uh, Verstappen on 44 points, followed by Perez. And with Fernando Alonso, um, after two really successful podiums, um, taking taking third place on the table. Some quick headlines that are going in. As I said, Perez uh, trails um, Verstappen by one point, heading into Albert Park, and what they say is his best ever performance for the uh, Red Bull outfit. Uh, McLaren, after a dreadful start, has uh, sacked their technical boss, um, James Kay. And, um, yeah, it's worrying times for uh, Oscar Piatri, who is the uh, the Brighton boy, is the uh, representing the sole representative on the grid for Australia. He is currently uh, bringing up uh, second last on the championship grid just in front of his um, teammate, Lando Norris. So it'll be a very interesting week of high-paced racing around Lakeside Drive. 
Yeah, well, exciting. Uh, maybe it just needs a bit of homecoming to get back up. Things. Oh, exactly. Uh, a bit of, bit of good luck, familiar that's surroundings. This weekend, well, that about wraps us up. Battlelessness for... was the sports desk. Yeah, we'll be back on Friday from five pm. Uh, catch the podcast, and of course, catch us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sports desk sin. Um, oh. It just doesn't stop in the sport. It doesn't stop. World. And Jerry, you've escaped one. We want a miscellaneous sport oh. from you this Friday. Tune in, listeners. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll catch kanga, you then. Kanga, kanga. Thanks for listening to the Sports Desk Monday afternoon. See you later.